Chapter Nineteen of How to Succeed or Stepping Stones to Fame and Fortune. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. How to Succeed or Stepping Stones to Fame and Fortune by Orison Sweat Marden. Chapter Nineteen Live Upward. Do what thou dost, as if the stake were heaven, and this thy last deed ere the judgment day. If you wish to reach the highest, begin at the lowest. Publius Sirius. What is a man, if his chief good and market of his time, be but to sleep and feed? A beast, no more. Sure, he that made us with such large discourse, looking before and after, gave us not that capability and godlike reason to rust in us unused. Shakespeare. Ambition is a spur that makes man struggle with destiny. It is heaven's own incentive to make purpose great and achievement greater. Anonymous. Not failure, but low aim is crime. Endeavour to be first in thy calling, whatever it may be. Neither let any one go before thee in well-doing. O oh, may I join the choir invisible of those immortal dead who live again, in minds made better by their presence, live in pulses stirred to generosity, in deeds of daring rectitude, in scorn, for miserable aims that end with self, in thoughts sublime that pierce the night like stars, and with their mild persistent urge man's search to vaster issues. George Eliot alexander caesar charlemagne and myself have founded empires said napoleon to montholon at st helena but upon what did we rest the creations of our genius upon force jesus christ alone founded his empire on love and at this moment millions of men would die for him i die before my time and my body will be given back to worms such is the fate of him who has been called the great napoleon what an abyss between my deep misery and the eternal kingdom of christ which is proclaimed loved and adored and which is extended over the whole earth call you this dying is it not rather living the death of christ is the death of a god no true man can live a half-life says philip brooks when he has genuinely learnt that it is a half-life the other half the higher half must haunt him ideality says horace mann is only the avant courier of the mind and where that in a healthy and normal state goes i hold it to be a prophecy that realization can follow if the certainty of future fame bore milton rejoicing through his blindness or cheered galileo in his dungeon writes bulwer what stronger and holier support shall not be given to him who has loved mankind as his brothers and devoted his labours to their cause who has not sought but relinquished his own renown, who has braved the present censures of men for their future benefit, and trampled upon glory in the energy of benevolence. Will there not be for him something more powerful than fame to comfort his sufferings and to sustain his hopes? If I live, wrote Rufus Choate in his diary in September of 1844, all blockheads which are shaken at certain mental peculiarities shall know and feel a reasoner a lawyer and a man of business i have read that none of the humbler races have the muscle by which man turns his eye upward though i am not anatomist enough to be sure of the fact show me a contented slave says burke and i will show you a degraded man 
they truly are faithful says one writer who devote their entire lives to amendment general grant said of the chinese wall i believe that the labor expended on this wall could have built every railroad in the united states every canal and highway and most if not all of our cities the real benefactors of mankind says emerson are the men and women who can raise their fellow beings out of the world of corn and money who make them forget their bank account by interesting them in their higher selves who can raise mere money-getters into the intellectual realm where they will cease to measure greatness and happiness by dollars and cents who can make men forget their stomachs and feast on beings banquet men are not so much mistaken in desiring to advance themselves said beecher as in judging what will be an advance and what the right method of obtaining it an ambition which has conscience in it will always be a laborious and faithful engineer and will build the road and bridge the chasms between itself and the eminent success by the most faithful and minute performances of duty the liberty to go higher than we are is given only when we have fulfilled amply the duty of our present sphere thus men are to rise upon their performances and not upon their discontent and this is the secret and golden meaning of the command to be content in whatever sphere we are placed it is not to be the content of indifference of indolence of unambitious stupidity but the content of industrious fidelity when men are building the foundations of vast structures they must needs labour far below the surface and in disagreeable conditions but every course of stone which they lay raises them higher and at length when they reach the surface they have laid such solid work under them that they need not fear now to carry up their walls through towering stories till they overlook the whole neighbourhood a man proves himself fit to go higher who shows that he is faithful where he is a man that will not do well in his present place because he longs to be higher is fit neither to be where he is or yet above it he is already too high and should be put lower do that which is assigned thee and thou canst not hope too much or dare too much what a man does that he has in himself in his might don't waste life on doubts and fears spend yourself on the work before you well assured that the performance of this hour's duties will be the best preparation for the hours or ages that follow it tradition says that when solomon received the gift of an emerald vase from the queen of sheba he filled it with an elixir which he only knew how to prepare one drop of which would prolong life indefinitely a dying criminal begged for a drop of the precious fluid but solomon refused to prolong a wicked life when good men asked for it they were refused or failed to obtain it when promised as the king would forget or prefer not to open the vase to get but a single drop when at last the king became ill and bade his servants bring the vase he found that the contents had all evaporated so it is often with our hope our faith our ambition our aspiration a man cannot aspire if he looks down god has not created us with aspirations and longings for heights to which we cannot climb live upward the unattained still beckons us towards the summit of life's mountains into the atmosphere where great souls live and breathe and have their being even hope is but a promise of the possibility of its own fulfilment life should be lived in earnest it is no idle game no farce to amuse and be forgotten it is a stern reality fuller of duties than the sky of stars 
you cannot have too much of that yearning which we call aspiration for even though you do not attain your ideal the efforts you make will bring nothing but blessing while he who fails of attaining mere worldly goals is too often eaten up with the canker worm of disappointed ambition to all will come a time when the love of glory will be seen to be but a splendid delusion riches empty rank vain power dependent and all outward advantages without inward peace a mere mockery of wretchedness the wisest men have taken care to uproot selfish ambition from their breasts shakespeare considered it so near a vice as to need extenuating circumstances to make it a virtue who has not noticed the power of love in an awkward crabbed shiftless lazy man he becomes gentle chaste in language energetic love brings out the poetry in him it is only an idea a sentiment and yet what magic it has wrought nothing we can see has touched the man yet he is entirely transformed not less does ambition completely transform a human being for a woman thirsting for fame can work where a man equally resolute would faint he despises ease and sloth welcomes toil and hardship and shakes even kingdoms to gratify his master passion mere ambition has impelled many a man to a life of eminence and usefulness its higher manifestation aspiration has led him beyond the stars if the aim be right the life in its details cannot be far wrong your heart must inspire what your hands execute or the work will be poorly done the hand cannot reach higher than does the heart but do not strive to reach impossible goals it is wholly in your power to develop yourself but not necessarily so to make yourself a king how many presidents of the united states or prime ministers of england are chosen within the working lifetime of a man what if a thousand young men resolve to come president or prime minister while such prizes are within your reach remember that your will must be tremendous and your qualifications of the highest order or you cannot hope to secure them too many are deluded by ambition beyond their power of attainment or tortured by aspirations totally disproportionate to their capacity for execution you may indeed confidently hope to become eminent in usefulness and power but only as you build upon a broad foundation of self-culture while as a rule specialists in ambition as in science are apt to become narrow and one-sided darwin was very fond of poetry and music when young but after devoting his life to science he was surprised to find shakespeare tedious he said that if he were to live his life again he would read poetry and hear music every day so as not to lose the power of appreciating such things god asks no man whether he will accept life that is not the choice you must take it the only choice is how when i found out i was black said dumas i resolved to live as if i were white and so force men to look below my skin in the collection of the massachusetts historical society is a prospectus used by longfellow in canvassing on one of the blank leaves of which are the skeleton stanzas of excelsior which he was evidently evolving as he trudged from house to house disregarding the honours that most men value and looking to the truth said plato i shall endeavour in reality to live as virtuously as i can and when i die to die so and i invite all other men to the utmost of my power and you too i invite this contest which i affirm surpasses all contests here 
did you ever hear of a man who had striven all his life faithfully and singly toward an object and in no measure obtained it asked thoreau if a man constantly aspires is he not elevated did ever a man try heroism magnanimity truth and sincerity and find there was no advantage in them that it was a vain endeavour oh if the stone can only have some vision of the temple of which it is to be a part for ever exclaimed phillips brooks what patience must fill it as it feels the blows of the hammer and knows that success for it is simply to let itself be wrought into what shape the master wills man never reaches heights above his habitual thought it is not enough now and then to mount on wings of ecstasy into the infinite we must habitually dwell there the great man is he who abides easily on heights to which others rise occasionally and with difficulty don't let the maxims of low prudence daily dinned into your ears lower the tone of your high ambition or check your aspirations hope lifts us step by step up the mysterious ladder the top of which no eye hath ever seen though we do not find what hope promised yet we are stronger for the climbing and we get a broader outlook upon life which repays the effort indeed if we do not follow where hope beckons we gradually slide down the ladder in despair strive ever to be at the top of your condition a high standard is absolutely necessary End of chapter nineteen